as well as in terms of profitability. We've been able to grow the brands as well as make them more profitable. So having a track record really matters because as part of our purchase consideration, we also share upside with sellers. So with us, they rest assured that we are able to extract the maximum of sight from the brand and we are the right stewards of the brand for that. That's something which we've spent a lot of time building those capabilities and having that reputation, which then sets us apart and helps us win many deals in competitive situations. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the premier podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business technology and media in Asia. I'm Bernard Leung and the e-commerce aggregators are on the rise in Asia-Pacific. Understanding the supply chain and how it works from buying a brand to bring them to scale requires a deeper dive. With me today, I have Kiran Tana, Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of Una Brands, to help us understand the subject matter better. Kiran, welcome to the show. Bernard, thanks so much for inviting me to the show and I'm very happy to speak to you and to your audience today. Yes. We always begin with the origin story of our guests who come on for the first time. So Kiran, how do you start your career? I'm originally from India, but I've been based in Singapore for the last 15 years now. So Singapore is home to me uh, at this time. I would classify my career in, in two major phases. The first is the consulting phase of my career. So when I came to Singapore, I joined McKinsey, which is a consulting firm. I was advising clients all over the Southeast Asia region, but broadly in APAC on various business questions, advising CEOs and CFOs all over the region on growing their business. So that's the first phase of my career, which is the consulting phase. After that is the builder phase, right? So that's when my entrepreneurial career started. And so I've been building internet businesses for the last 10 years across the APAC region. First with Food Panda, which today is the biggest food delivery platform in the region. Uh, and then later on with Zen Rooms and now with Una Brands. And during building phase, what is the experience like with those entrepreneurial ventures that you have undertaken? Each one of them has been a great journey for me and, and each one of them is very unique in its own regard. So first of all, Food Panda is where it all started. It was the first time I was building an internet business in the region after having been at McKinsey for five years. It was a big change and big experience for me to be able to build a food delivery company starting out of Singapore and then expanding across the Southeast Asia region. And, and each step of the journey was a new learning experience for me. And watching something grow from zero to a large size over a period of time and watch it in front of your own eyes and, and see the business grow to what it has been today. It's been a privilege to have been given the opportunity. From there, actually, it's quite funny, but I've changed like from food delivery to hospitality and now to e-commerce. So I've, I've changed each time the, the sector that I worked in. But uh, Zendrooms, the second company that I started, uh, core hospitality, uh, budget hotel chain, present in four countries in the region, about 25 million revenue uh, in four years' time. So uh, completely different to Food Panda. And now Una Brands, uh, which is e-commerce and, and uh, M&A together, been very different types of businesses, each one of them. One core thing which connects every single one of them is that all are B2C businesses. Uh, and so B2C consumer internet is what I've been doing. I try to find whatever is common across B2C consumer internet, and that has stood me in good stead 
as I've built these different types of businesses. So what are the lessons in your career journey that you can share with my audience here? Across all three ventures that I have built, I think I've tried to try to uh, pick up whatever I can learn from each one of them and then apply to the next one. Right? So a few things have come out as very common themes that I have learned over a period of time. The first one is that uh, never be afraid to do hard work. Some things might not look scalable or not sound scalable when you are attempting them, but the guiding principle here is if, it's, if it doesn't look scalable, but is something that the customers will really appreciate and enjoy, then you should do it. Uh, for example, in Food Panda, initially when we started out, uh, we were letting the restaurants deliver the food and we did not actually deliver the food. However, we, we realized that if we offer our own delivery with our own riders, A, the time that the, that the food takes to reach the customer is reduced drastically, down from 45 minutes to 30 minutes. And as a result, we are able to also control the experience of the customer much better. And customers loved it and they repeated much more uh, with that. So that was the first time where I, where I saw the power of doing stuff which looks difficult and, and not scalable. Who wants to hire thousands of delivery riders, right? That's what we were thinking. But once we went down that path, we, we immediately saw that we were able to expand the market much beyond what it was in Singapore into being able to bring new restaurants on board as well. I then applied the same learning in Zen Rooms when we were looking at working with budget hotels. Initially, we were working with hotels only on, on certain limited aspects of the business, but uh, we saw the opportunity to take over entire revenue management, entire hotel ops as well for the hotels. And that's something that, that we were very happy to do. Una Brands have again taken the same learning in that we want to acquire and grow e-commerce brands across different channels and not just on one channel. So that's the first learning. The other learning is, is, is to do with people, right? Which is very important as you build ventures. With people, what I've realized is that uh, it's very important to, to bring on board exceptional young talent and then give them the freedom, give them the support and resources to shine and show their full potential giving young people disproportionate amount of responsibility and, and then seeing them perform. That's been a great honor for me to have, have witnessed across three ventures now. And that's something I try to stick very close to. So these, I would say, is the two main learnings that I have gotten uh, and I've tried to implement in all the businesses that I have built. Before we go into the main conversation of the day, I want to baseline something. Can you explain to my audience what an e-commerce aggregator is? Sure. Uh, E-commerce aggregator, in very simple terms, we acquire and so we buy online e-commerce businesses and then supercharge their growth to be able to be much bigger and much better run businesses, as well as uh, streamline their operations to improve their margins. So, so that, that's what we do. We buy companies and then grow them as well as improve their margins by a set of experts who work on those brands. This is something that we are doing at Una Brands across the APAC region. So we look for brands which are based in this part of the world, acquire majority to 100% stake in the company, and then our growth teams, our operations teams, make sure that the brand is very well run and is a much better brand and much bigger brand with us. So we come to the main subject of the day. I want to talk to you about Una Brands and also the e-commerce aggregator supply chain in Asia Pacific. Can you introduce Una Brands? 
and the current vision and mission as an e-commerce aggregator? Sure. Una Brands today is Asia's leading e-commerce aggregator, biggest and leading e-commerce aggregator. So we focus on the APAC region. So this is Australia, New Zealand, Southeast Asia, and North Asia. We are acquiring e-commerce brands across multiple channels. So not just on Amazon, but we also acquire Shopify, Shopee, Lazada, Tokopedia, Coupang, any other platforms that the brands might be selling on. We acquire these brands and then we help to grow them into much, much bigger brands. Our mission is exactly the same, which is we want to acquire great brands and then grow them into global, well-loved and enduring household names. That's the mission with which we set out to build this business. Uh, and we've taken the first few steps to get there. We've, we've already acquired 25 brands as of today. And these brands have been selling across the region on different platforms and both marketplace as well as D2C brands. And along the way, we've also raised uh, more than $55 million of funding. We've raised even more beyond what we've announced, actually. And this is only step one in, in our mission to be Asia's leading consumer conglomerate. So what is the market gap that Una Brands as an e-commerce aggregator seeks to address? And how has been the journey so far? You talk about the fundraising, you also talk about the teams and the brands that you've, you have acquired. So the biggest gap that we are addressing today is that if you look at a perspective of a seller selling online, having their own brand online, it's actually relatively easy to get started today. So with very limited amount of capital and a lot of resources available at hand on, on the internet, you're actually able to get your online business off the ground pretty seamlessly and quite easily. Also, the platforms like Shopee, Lazada, Shopify, Amazon make it very easy for you to, to launch a brand from your home and have a reach to be able to sell across the country or even globally. However, there's a big gap today that once you have grown the brand to a certain size, without sacrificing your lifestyle, it is very difficult to grow that brand beyond, let's say, half a million or so in revenue. Many brands that we've seen struggle to go beyond half a million or one million revenue. And they either have to quit their full-time jobs or have to hire more people or have to figure out international expansion and custom duties and other aspects. So this is the big gap we identified in the market saying there are many great e-commerce brands which have a lot of potential. However, the, they are stuck in this half a million to one million revenue range or even at some point of time at three to five million revenue range beyond which it becomes difficult for them to grow. And that's where we come in. We offer a very simple liquidity option for the seller of, of the e-commerce brand or the creator of the brand. They are able to sell the brand to us, get very nice cash payout. So we acquire uh, 51 to 100% stake in the brand. And this is paid in cash on day one. So they get the, the fruit of the hard work that they have done over the last few years to grow the brand. And then we, we take over the operations as well as growth of the brand to make it much more successful and scale the brand to multiple countries and a very large size. And as the brand scales and becomes more profitable, we also share a lot of the upside with the seller as well. So that's the value proposition that we have brought to the market. This has been something which, is, which has been very successful on the Amazon world in the West, 
but no one so far has been doing this in the APAC region for sellers who are selling on the local platforms such as Shopee, Lazada, or Shopify. So that's the new value proposition to the market that we have brought. And we are seeing tremendous response already in terms of brand owners looking at this as a very viable option for them to exit, get full value of the brand that they have built in cash, and then either take some time off or, or build a new brand uh, or, or work with us in growing the brand as part of our team. So all these options that we offer to them have been very, very well taken by the market. So you operate in Asia Pacific, but what is the geographical business footprint like for Una Brands itself? So Una Brands today, within a short period of just over a year, we are now present in eight markets across the region, right from Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, uh, China and Taiwan, Korea, Australia, and India. So we are, we, are, we are present in all of these markets with over 150 employees working on different teams to make this happen. This has all happened in the last one year or so. And as I speak, we are uh, scaling and rapidly expanding in all of these markets and, and even beyond. So who are the investors behind Una Brands? I just heard that you have already raised already more than 50 million in funding already. Yeah, so we've announced 55 million in funding. We've actually raised even more than that. Our main investors include White Star Capital, Alpha JWC, 500 Startups, uh, GFC, uh, and many other very well-known funds who have invested in this region and invested in this business model. We also have been very lucky to have been supported by some marquee angels, such as Max Bittner, who is the former CEO of Lazada, as well as Alvin, who is the founder of Ninja Van. So we've, we've been supported by some great angels as well. And we've been working very closely with our, our investors who each bring a very specific skill set or specific benefit that we can leverage. For example, Alpha JWC has been extremely helpful as we've embarked on expanding into Indonesia. We've been working very closely with them to understand the market and chalk our entry strategy. An interesting way to actually have this conversation today is actually to look at the supply chain for the e-commerce aggregator from identifying the brands to scaling the business after the seller exits. So maybe to start, how do your team access whether a brand has the potential to scale? I mean, what are the factors to consider when acquiring a brand from a seller? When we are acquiring the brand from the seller, I think we have some criteria that we typically look at when we assess whether it's a good fit for us to be acquiring or not. I think, first of all, is the category focus that the brand has. We currently acquire brands which are uh, typically in the home and living, babies and pets, outdoors and sports, and personal care, wellness, beauty segments. So these are the four broad categories where we acquire our brands in. And so we, we see if the brand is getting the revenue in these categories. The second is we only acquire brands which have native online brands. And so a majority of their revenue needs to be coming from online platforms such as Shopify, Shopee, Lazada, Amazon. The third is we look at size and profitability. I think that's something which is also very important. We look at brands which are doing minimum $1 billion of revenue. Uh, up to, uh, we've, we've even been in discussions with brands doing up to $50 million in revenue. So, so very broad size range in what types of brands that we can acquire. But we always look for brands which are profitable. So every single brand that we acquire 
is profitable and on an average about 26% EBITDA margin for the portfolio that we have acquired. So we analyze if the brand is profitable or no and, and what's the level of profitability. Then we also look for brands which we feel are very healthy and have very fundamentally strong health metrics. For example, if they are selling on marketplace, are they getting very strong customer reviews? So are people rating them at least four and a half out of five? Are thousands of people giving the reviews? How well are they reviewed compared to their competitive brands? So I think these are some things that we look for in terms of reviews and ratings. Uh, we also look at ranking. So for, for certain core keywords, if someone searches, let's say on Lazada or Shopee or Amazon or on Google for certain keywords, does your brand show up on page one? Or is your brand ranked highest in its category? So I think these kind of health metrics we look at as well. And apart from this, we also look at various other metrics such as marketing efficiency, repeat behavior of customers, what kind of channels are they using to reach out to their customers, how has been the, the growth for the last few years, uh, and how is the category performing over the last few years. I think that's the broad metrics that we look at when we analyze a brand. And we then have a scorecard, which is uh, ranking our brands on different parameters. And then we get an overall fit score for us. And most brands, which are our, our top brands, will pass the fit score. And then we, we take the conversation further. How does Una Brands convey its value proposition and approach a seller before they acquire the business? So that's something that we've been extremely focused on, which is to be extremely seller-centric. We, we want to be... Many of the sellers, they don't even know that they can sell their e-commerce brands. This is something that we introduce uh, as a concept to them. And, and many times they don't know where to begin, right? Or how to start. So that's where we come in and, and we explain handhold through the entire process from preparing the data for the brand to, to how we analyze the brand or how we value the company. So we explain the entire process to them in a very simple way. We also like to run a fair and efficient process. So that's something that we pride ourselves on. We are very open in terms of how we have analyzed the brands, what kind of metrics are we looking at, and how do we do the valuation of the brand, and try to make a very fair offer so that the brand owner gets full value for the, for the brand. Uh, and finally, we also we have a very strong team of 100 and over 150 people across the region with expertise in not just acquisitions and M&A, but also on, on growth, SEO, performance marketing, branding, creative content, operations, supply chain, fulfillment, logistics. So we try to showcase our expertise and then we, we invite some of our department heads to join and explain to the seller on what vision we have for their brand and, and how it can make the brand into a much better company under our care. So I think that's something that we try to explain to the sellers. We also do a lot of outreach activity, get into the seller communities, try to be helpful even if the brand is currently small and not of the right size for us. We try to be helpful uh, if they are facing any kind of bottlenecks, recommend different partners that we can work with to, to get to that size. So we, we just try to be helpful and, and knowledgeable and seller-centric. And that's the magic sauce that we try to create. So once the decision is made by the seller to sell the brand over to Una Brands, what is the mental model 
behind putting the valuation on exit. So what I'm, the question I'm really asking is how do you value that brand and then do the acquisition? I think again, in valuation, we, we are normally very transparent and open. And so the first step to that is once the seller has agreed to explore a sale, once they're interested in the idea of selling their business, they share their financial data with us and, and we get access to their online accounts. And so we understand the data thoroughly, both on financials as well as the transaction information we see in the accounts. And based off that, we try to understand what's the profitability of the company. All of this leads to uh, what has become an industry standard called seller discretionary earnings or SDE, which is basically EBITDA uh, of the brand. And we give as much credit as we can to the business, right? So if there is some one-off expenses or if the founders are paying themselves like a small salary, we add back all of these expenses to arrive at an adjusted EBITDA number, which we call SDE. And then the valuation is a multiple of the SDE, the multiple will be between three to five X and will be depending on how fast the brand is growing or how well it is ranked in its category and what potential we see in growing the brand even further into new countries. So that's something that we do. We also, for each brand, we do a very clear value creation roadmap, which is identifying the 10 steps that we will take to grow the brand even further or improve the margins of the brand. Whether it is, for example, we acquired a company in Singapore called Ergotune and Everdesk. This is an ergonomic chair and desk company. We were selling only in Singapore, but we immediately identified that there's a need for such a product in the Australian market as well. We really uh, have been working with the brand since acquisition to be successful in Australia launch. Uh, and already within a few months, Australia is now contributing over 20% of the revenue. So that's something that we identify right up front during our diligence process. And that affects the multiple that we are able to offer. So very simple, straight, transparent process. And the seller is involved in every step of this as well. Thank you for sharing the mental model and how you value companies. And I think that's very helpful for the listeners out there who's trying to understand this space. After acquiring a couple of brands from your experience, what worked and what did not work? Or what would you have done differently? So uh, Touchwood, so far, we've acquired 25 brands and all of them have been doing extremely well. And a lot of that is, is to do with the process that we put in place to even identify the right brands to acquire. So we, we, we do a very thorough job of understanding every single aspect of the brand. And we try to not have much surprises once we take over the brand. And because of that, the performance of the brand post-acquisition has been very good in almost all the cases. Most of the brands have performed extremely well. Uh, a couple of cases where we've seen that the brands, when we acquired them, were very small or needed some sort of a turnaround play, where we think that the brand will take a lot more time to, to get onto a positive path. And that's something that we are working on, the five or six initiatives that we want the brands to continue to grow so in those cases, what would you have done differently? So I think in one case, when we were integrating the brand, the Facebook ad account for the brand did not integrate that well and was down for about a month or so. This is the first Shopify brand that we acquired. So, so we had acquired already a few Amazon and Shopee Lazada brands. This was the first Shopify brand. And during the integration phase, we, we then, in hindsight, we realized that there were some 
specific instances in that particular brand where the ad account was not migrated properly. And that's something that we changed our playbook to identify this very early in the process and something that we took care of in subsequent brands. So that's also something that, that we are developing as we go ahead is a very strong playbook for integrating the brands into Una Brands infrastructure, which is now a very strong playbook for Shopify, Shopee, Lazada, and Amazon separately. That also keeps us apart from other aggregators who only focus on, let's say, on Amazon, but have uh, no experience or limited experience integrating Shopify brands. That's something that we've been able to do uh, right from day one. So once the seller hands over the brand to Una Brands, what happens from there and how do you help the brand to scale? Once we acquire a brand, first there's, a, there's about a month-long phase, which we call the integration phase, which is where we ensure that the brand is part of the Una infrastructure. You can think of it as once we acquire a brand, we unplug the old connections that the brand has and then connect them to the Una infrastructure. So whether it's ad accounts, whether it is bank accounts, whether it is any supplier contracts, whether it is any other third-party relationship that the brand has, we disconnect them from the old and then reconnect them to the Una infrastructure so that we have one consolidated view of all brands. I think that's something which is very important. It takes about a month. We've made a very strong playbook on integration over, over having done 25 integrations now. We've become very good at it and we've, we've changed the playbook depending on the very special situations that we see. So this integration phase lasts about a month. Once that integration phase is complete, the brand is, is fully a part of Una Brand's infrastructure now. Then we start working on two major areas for them. One is how do we increase the revenue of the brand? So that's all the growth activities we do. And second is how do we uh, run the daily operations and improve the margins of the brand? So that's the operations team which does that. On growing the revenue of the brand, there are a few main levers that we pull. First is we do very professional performance marketing for the brand. So uh, working on Google ads, Facebook ads, Amazon ads, uh, we run this in a very scientific manner, which many times our sellers who were running the brands themselves don't have the expertise or resources to do. Uh, the second thing that we do is channel expansion. So if, if let's say a brand is selling on Shopee, but not on Lazada or not on Q10 or, or is selling on Shopify, uh, but not on some of the marketplaces where they feel they can do well, we ensure that the brand is selling on all channels it can and, and contribute as much revenue it can across different channels. So that's channel expansion. The third very important lever for the APAC region is geographic expansion. I was mentioning about uh, about our ergonomic chair and desk brand, Ergotune uh, and Everdesk, on how, uh, despite being 100% Singaporean sales, when we acquired it, today already 20% plus of the sales of the company is coming from Australia. Similarly, we have uh, expanded some of our Amazon brands from the US to Europe markets or Australian markets. So geographic expansion is, is a very important lever that we pull. We also have a very dedicated team, uh, which is doing product development. So we introduce new SKUs to existing brands and help to expand the product range. For example, we have Heaven Lux, which is one of our uh, Singaporean brands selling uh, premium bed sheets. We are introducing bath towels and some other bedroom related SKUs to the brand. 
this is something that we see can drive the growth of a brand over time and keep it relevant and fresh. That's on the growth side. On the operation side, there are there are already many things that we are able to do. First, we have a team in China, which includes two people who have focused completely on procurement and supply chain. So we are finding alternate suppliers, backup suppliers for our brands to ensure that we are always having enough supply. Then beyond that, we are also also consolidating shipments out of China in full container loads. This massively reduces shipping costs for the brands. Within each of our markets, we work with fulfillment and logistics partners or 3PLs who help us uh, store, pick, pack, and ship our products to the end customers, which makes it extremely scalable and very quick to expand into other countries as well. So that's something that we do on the operation side. With the kind of scale that we have across 25 brands, we are able to leverage a lot of cost synergies across different brands. So those are the activities that we do to, to improve the performance of the brand post acquisition. What are the challenges that Una Brands as an aggregator have to cope while scaling? I mean, given you have actually already expanded across nine markets and built a team of more than 150 employees across Asia Pacific in just one year, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you're really trying to push as fast as you can. No, and, and, and that's something that we've, while we push as fast as we can, we try to do it methodically and, mm. and identify synergies across different markets that we've operated in, right? So, for example, we have Shopee, Lazada across many of our Southeast Asian markets. So there's a lot of synergy in that. The biggest challenge for us has been to, to be horses for courses kind of an approach, right? So, while we are in all these different markets, culturally, as well as in terms of e-commerce landscape, very different. Uh, many of them are very different to each other. So having local teams, uh, having teams on the ground, meeting with sellers, talking the same language and connecting very well with them on the ground, meeting up with them, building that trust, that's very important. And so we have a very large acquisitions team uh, across these different countries, as well as operations and growth teams in certain countries to make sure that we are localizing the offering that we have for that particular market. This is very different to many other aggregators which, which choose to do the acquisitions process remotely. We believe that by being present in the same room as a seller and explaining what we do in person, that builds a lot more trust and has really helped us convince sellers that we are the right partners to, to do this with. So that's been challenging for us uh, to set up. But once we've done that, it has actually worked out very well for us. Mm. And that's interesting, given that having a personal touch is quite important in terms of getting that acquisition through. So given that Una Brands have entered China, can you share how unique the Chinese market is? I mean, it has its own set of e-commerce platforms and aggregators. I would think about Tmall, Taobao, JD, Jingdong, and even uh, Pinduoduo, all these different type of e-commerce platforms. How do you navigate through that market? We have a very, uh, very strong, I think about eight people team in China already, which is working on identifying Chinese sellers, uh, as well as I mentioned earlier, doing procurement supply chain work for us in China. And so currently we don't operate domestically in the China market. So we don't acquire brands selling on JD or Alibaba or, or other local e-commerce platforms, but we look at cross-border sellers. So these are Chinese sellers who are based in China but selling to the Western markets or to Southeast Asian markets through cross-border sales. So many of them are selling on Amazon to the US or European markets, 
uh, many of them are selling on Shopee and Lazada to Southeast Asian markets cross border. Uh, and so we 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 are looking to acquire such sellers. And given our specific expertise around Southeast Asian markets and being the only aggregator who's acquiring brands on Shopee and Lazara, that's a very unique set of sellers that only we are able to target the ones selling to Southeast Asia. So that's the focus area for us in China. Many of these sellers are based, uh, of course, they're based all over China, but many of them are based in Shenzhen. So that's where our Chinese headquarters is in Shenzhen. And again, even more so than other markets, relationship building and, and in-person communication is even more important in China. Uh, and, and that's why we have fully local team uh, based in Shenzhen, flying around China, meeting sellers in Shenzhen and, and outside of Shenzhen uh, and, and convincing them that we are the right partners to work with to sell their brands to us and watch it grow, not just uh, in the markets that it currently operates, but but across Southeast Asia and the West as well. So that's something that was very unique to China that we are doing. Uh, we are seeing very strong success in China already within short period of time since launch. China is already contributing the highest uh, number of sellers and, and good quality sellers to our portfolio. And we expect even more to come from the Chinese market going forward. By virtue of being very strong on, on Amazon, China is also one of the largest cross-border markets globally. More than half of Amazon top sellers are based in China. And so there, there, are, there are literally thousands of sellers in China, which we could be looking to acquire uh, and a lot of potential in the Chinese market. So what are the key decisions that you need to get right in order to tap into the Chinese ecosystem? I mean, thinking from your point of view, where it's outbound from China and, and also sharing your unique proposition that you can help them to expand into, say, markets like Southeast Asia and other parts of the world. Again, very horses for courses approach. Uh, we've tailored the approach that we use in terms of acquisitions to the Chinese market to account for the nuances in the Chinese market. So first of all, as a cross-border market, while the brand is based in China, but it's selling to the West or Southeast Asian markets, which presents unique logistical challenges and, and making sure that we have a strong logistics setup out of China. That's something that we've been able to successfully put in place. The other thing is in terms of evaluating the brands itself. In, in terms of Chinese brands, we are able to actually visit the factory in China to make sure that where the brands is getting manufactured or produced is a legitimate facility, which we are able to audit as well. We also uh, take very deep into the reviews of, of all these brands as well to ensure that all the reviews are genuine and have been collected in the right way possible, as well as conduct business in local language. I think that's something which is very important for the Chinese market. Each of our documents, whether it's the asset purchase agreement or whether it is any other kind of uh, contracts that we have with the sellers are in uh, Mandarin and very easily understood by the sellers. We also have a very strong IP team, which is looking at trademarks for different brands that we acquire to ensure that they're compliant on all relevant trademarks in the jurisdictions that we sell. So having this on-the-ground team that understands how to navigate the Chinese market and peculiarities of the Chinese market has been extremely important uh, and, and it's been a core contributor to our success in the Chinese market. What distinguishes Una brands from the other aggregators in the market, whether it's global or regional players? 
Puna Brands today is the only brand, only aggregator which is acquiring brands across multiple different channels in Asia. So we are we have already acquired as as we speak. We already completed acquisitions of Amazon brands, Shopify brands, Shopee brands, Lazada brands, Tokopedia brands. We have just signed our first brands on Coupang, on on Naver. We are adding new marketplaces to our infrastructure all the time. So the only true uh, multi-channel acquirer or in the region. and the leading ones so i think that's one big differentiation which no one else is able to offer the second is is our best in class process on acquiring the brands so very as i mentioned very seller centric very transparent fair and open the speed at which we are able to get to a very quick valuation as well as closing of the deal we do a lot of our homework up front so that when we sign a deal we close it with with very high conversion rate so we we ensure that we don't if we are confident of closing the brand or we don't make an offer that's something that does really increase the reputation for us uh, in all the markets that we are present in as as someone who closes deal at a very high uh, conversion rate we've also been extremely successful in demonstrating uh, a strong track record already of post acquisition performance of the brand both in terms of growth as well as in terms of profitability we've been able to grow the brands as well as make them more profitable so having a track record really matters because as part of our purchase consideration we also share upside with sellers so with us they are they rest assured that we are able to extract the maximum upside from the brand and we are the right stewards of the brand for that that's something which is spent a lot of time building those capabilities and having that reputation which then sets us apart and helps us win many deals in competitive situations how do you see the e-commerce aggregator landscape at, in the next couple of years and also what are the key trends you expect this landscape to change as well so in the e-commerce uh, landscape we've seen in the last two years many 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 aggregators come up almost all of them are focused purely on amazon so i think there's a bit of a heating up which has happened on the amazon side and so i i expect that on the amazon side there will be there'll be some consolidation which will happen for sure but i also see the emergence of of regional aggregators such as ourselves becoming more important we already seeing some trends like this in india we already seeing some of this happen in south america as well and we as the leading aggregator in the apac region are in a very good position able to grow our presence in this region what we have seen is that finally there are two or three aggregators in each region which will be relevant and the ones which have the longest track record and that's where we aspire to be at the top of that list what does great look like for una brands in the next few years then so for me we would have done a great job if we are able to continue to acquire great brands as we have we are targeting to acquire total 50 to 70 brands at the end of this year and and great performance of the brands post acquisition i think that's what we live for is to make great brands even better and make them into uh, global well loved enduring names kira many thanks for coming on the show and thank you for sharing with us and i look forward to future conversations with you again So in closing I have two questions. The first one, any recommendations which have inspired you recently? 
one book which has inspired me a lot and and actually the reason why i started uh, my entrepreneurial journey is uh, delivering happiness by tony se which talks about uh, how he built sapos and details out in very minute experiences around building the platform from scratch and then growing into a very large company i think that inspired me and that that's what got me to start food panda in in singapore that's something that i recommend every aspiring entrepreneur to to at least read once in their careers and how can my audience find you i'm always very accessible and easily available on linkedin so please search for kiran tanna uh, or on twitter at kiran tanna so that's my handles and and for una brands please visit unabrands.com u n a dash p r a n d s dot com and then you will find links to all of our socials over there as well so you can definitely find us in any podcast platform and of course tweet to us on at analyze asia a n a l y s e asia or drop us a note on our linkedin page and facebook page and definitely give us a five star review if possible so kiran many thanks for coming on the show and i look forward to speak to you again thanks bernard It was a great conversation thanks for inviting me and hope to speak again ready ready